As we get into the word, I want you to think about this question. Have you ever found yourself in the right place at the right time? Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you kind of looked at yourself and you said, man, I just, just happened to be in the right place at the right time? And likewise, have you ever felt like you were in the wrong place at the wrong time? And maybe, maybe you thought, you know, maybe you thought that um, in that time that you're like, this is, this is totally the wrong time. Like, there's, there's no reason I should be here. I shouldn't be experiencing this. I shouldn't, this, is, this isn't me. This isn't, this isn't my situation. And maybe you thought it was going to be the wrong time. But then later you look back and you were like, wait, the wrong time that I thought was the wrong time was actually the right time. Because now that I see in my life what's happened and what took place, the wrong time that I was in, that I was like freaked out about, that I was like losing my mind about, was actually the right time. Have you ever had that? Exactly like that? Okay, cool. <laughs> that means it still made sense by the time it came out of my mouth. You know, I, <laughs> Jimmy's like, I got nothing, bro. Um, you know, I think, I think a lot of times um, we miss what God is wanting to do in our lives because we get so caught up on the timing of what's happening. We get so caught up on why it's happening to us, why we did or didn't deserve whatever was just happening. I think this happens from a good perspective. Like when something good happens, sometimes people are like, whoa, like I, I had no clue. But when something bad happens, likewise, people are like, whoa, I, I didn't have a clue. And, and this, this really hit me hard this week, and, and I'm going to talk a little more about this. But uh, tonight I want to talk to you about purposed positioning. I think that's what I called it, right? Yes. Purposed positioning. See, because I believe that God is a positioning prepared God. I don't believe that he's confused. I don't believe he's still trying to figure things out. <laughs> and I don't think he's trying to figure things out for your own life. My father-in-law used to always say, God's not up there twiddling his thumbs trying to figure out what to do with your life, right? He's not up there like, man, Tom's really blowing it again, and I got no clue what to do with this cat, right? Now, sometimes he's up there and he's shaking his head, and I don't know if he talks like a blues singer like that or not. He might. You guys might like be like, dude, I got to heaven. God called me cat. Like, he... He did all kinds of crazy stuff, right? Like, I would have never guessed he was a part of the Blues Brothers. Okay, he's not a, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in trouble here. But we need to embrace and understand his positioning to be effective. See, because so often we get caught up in our moment that we miss what God is trying to do in our lives, and we can get so consumed by the moment. We can get so consumed by the heaviness of it. We can get consumed by the weight of it that we don't embrace the positioning that God has us in. And I believe that every position, every place, every moment, everything that we find ourselves in, I believe that there is purpose tied to it. Now, sometimes I think that purpose is you don't walk through a door you weren't supposed to walk through, right? <laughs> I, listen, that happens, right? And so this isn't, this isn't, hey, man, 
you know, God, you know, I'm, well, I'm going to get to that in a minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut up before I get there because I'm going to get in trouble if I do that early. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 55. This is a familiar passage. Most of you aren't going to be shocked by it. It's not going to be any crazy revelation here. Uh, but I want us to start by understanding positioning in this story, okay, of our lives. Because if we can start understanding why God positions us in the way that he does sometimes, or in the places that he does sometimes, I believe that it will help us to embrace this positioning. Isaiah 55, we're going to read verses 8 through 9. It says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Declares the who? The Lord. Right? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I believe one of the biggest frustrations that we're going to continue to encounter in this life is this realization that his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And most of the times, that means that we ain't on the same page. <laughs> and it's, it's easy to get frustrated in a moment because we are thinking about how it should have worked, right? We are so caught up in, well, listen, I, listen, I did the right things, and I, and I said the right things, and I, and I gave to the right ministries, and I, and, I, and I volunteered to the right things. And then still, after all of this, after everything I've done, after everything I've encountered, after everything I've experienced, I find myself facing this thing. This ugly thing rears its head again, and I'm like, what is this? Because I don't feel like I should be in this position, right? I don't feel like I should be facing what I'm facing. And we live in a world of now, right? We are so caught up in now. We're so caught up in what we are seeing, what we are experiencing right now in this moment. I talked to you a little bit about that last week. But we encounter disaster, loss, brokenness, hunger, thirst, whatever it may be. And in these encounters, what happens so often is we get just consumed, so consumed by this disaster, this calamity, this bad feeling, this stubbed toe, this thorn in my side, this log in my eye, whatever it is, right? <laughs> I did have a log hit me in the eye once. It wasn't really a log. It was a, it was a tomato steak. Um, and, uh, I, I may have told you guys this story, but this is great. It was great experience from my life. Um, Bethany, um, the slave driver that she is told me one day, Hey, you really need to stake those tomatoes for me cause they're getting out of hand. And I was like, yes, ma'am. Like I always say, um, I don't always say that. Um, and so I was standing on something. I, I don't even know what I was saying. I may have actually been on my ladder. I may have been doing this right. Oh, it was a short ladder. Okay, it was a step stool. And I'm staking this tomato, and I'm just slamming it in with the hammer, doing like I'm just putting a tomato stick in the ground. And literally a chunk of the tomato stick this big broke off, and I am not kidding, hit me straight in the eye, like 
Seriously, like what are the odds that this thing this big would fly off and hit literally slam the eyeball? Um, so I know a little bit about having a log in your eye. It wasn't a full log. Um, I did have to explain to a lot of people in Westchester what a tomato steak was because they thought it was a food item that I was eating. And they're like, how did you get a, a tomato? First off, what's a tomato steak? Like, I think they were imagining me grilling a tomato out on the grill, and then it just flew up and the, steak, the tomato steak slammed me. It was really hard to explain, but they're like, a tomato steak? And it was like every doctor that I went through next, they're checking my eyeball and putting all kinds of weird dyes in it. And they're like, can you explain to me what you mean by a tomato steak? I'm like, yeah, it's a steak. You steak a tomato. And they're like, Um, anyways. But we get caught up in so many things, so many experiences that we've had, so many things that get brought before us, and it makes it hard for us to focus, okay? I, I, I really thought about this because we're, we're going through life, and not only do we have these blinders on where we're only focused on it, I feel like we're like completely enclosed in our little bubble in our own little world. And we can't see past the moment. Now, I found a video that I think is the perfect illustration of this, okay? And so I'm going to ask him to play. I may even ask him to play it twice because it's that good. Um, but if you guys would play this video, because I, I think this is, this is what we typically look like. I could watch it a hundred times, and I did watch it a hundred times preparing for this. Um, what's funny is it's so comical, and we can laugh looking at it, but can I tell you that I believe there's a lot of times that God is looking down to us, and all we're looking at is our one, li- this two inches in front of our face, two inches of what's right in front of us right now, and we are literally losing our minds like Granny Faye was there, okay, losing our minds about a moment, we, listen, we fall victim to this way too often. And it's comical and we can laugh at this, but how often are we only seeing this far into our lives? And we're assessing what's happening and we're making decisions and we're throwing in towels and we're not being committed and all these different things that happen because we're just right here in the moment. And if we know that our ways and our thoughts are not his ways, and they're not his thoughts. Right, we, we know that Romans 8.28 tells us that um, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. If we know that, if we know that all things, good things, bad things, indifferent things, weird things, strange things, awkward things, things, right? That's all. If we know that in all things, he works them to the good, Why do we get so consumed with the fact that we are being positioned in a place that we don't like? Right? We have to understand that every positioning, every placement, everything, there is a purpose with it. I'm going to ask you to turn with me to John chapter 9. John chapter 9. I want to talk about positioning. I want to talk about a life that experienced this type of positioning. And I want you to think, you know, some of you are like, but Tom, my this, my, my that, my experience, my this, what, whatever you've had, right? And I want us to start thinking about how are we looking at our own experiences, 
And how are they derailing what God is intending for us in those moments? Okay. John chapter 9. We're going to read verses 1 through 7. I, this was in my devotional uh, in the last week, and it, it, just, it just came back to me as I was studying this. It says this. As he passed by, he saw a man that was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud, and he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. See, this man, he was blind from his birth, and Jesus puts it quite plainly, that his blindness was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. If this isn't a prime example of purposed positioning, I don't know what is. But I want you to think about this positioning from the man's experience, right? I want you to think about being a parent who is nurturing a blind child, helping them to learn, helping them to grow, helping them, helping them to experience life, everything that you encounter as a parent as they go through that. And I want you to think about that man, that in his life he walked around blind. And if we look at that position in itself, there's nothing he did wrong. There's nothing he did to deserve that. There's nothing that he, he could have done to, re, to have reversed that. There's nothing his parents could have done. There's nothing. And a lot of times when we find ourselves in positions that are uncomfortable, that are unfair, the first thing we start to do is we start to question everything we've ever done, everything we've ever said. What am I doing wrong? Did I make the wrong leap? Did I make the wrong decision? Did I, what did I do? Did I not tip the guy enough, right? <laughs> We go through these scenarios, and if you look at this life that he lived, he was positioned for a purpose, but he didn't know that, right? No one said to him as he continued to grow, hey, man, I got good news for you. There's this guy. His name is Jesus. He's going to be born in a few years. When Jesus gets a little bit older, he's going to run into you. He's going to heal you. It's all going to be good, right? It's with a purpose, man. He didn't know that. He didn't have anyone patting him on the back saying it was going to happen. He had people in the town that knew him as the blind guy who had been blind since birth, right? They knew him in this way. But you know what? He didn't have the understanding that Jesus was going to leverage that moment to reach so many people. And in your own life, you may be facing a situation you may be facing a moment that if you look at it directly, you will say, I can't understand why this is happening. And I believe what Jesus wants us to do, I believe he wants us to start looking past our moments and look to our destiny. What does the word proclaim for us in this life? 
Does the word say that you're never going to have any issues? No. You know, that's just, that's, that's, a, that's a lie of warm Christianity that people have bought into, right? But I love, I love what happens in this because if this is, if this is not a perfect example of, of purpose positioning, I don't know what it is, because it goes on to say that when the Pharisees cornered him for the second time, let me remind you, the, the Pharisees continued to go to him because they were angry. You know why they were angry? It was because he was healed and it was the Sabbath, okay? They were pretty upset about that. And they cornered him the second time about this healing. And they told him, just so you know, the guy who healed you, he's a sinner. That's literally what they're, hey, just so you know, that was a sinner who did that to you. It was a sinner. And this is what he said, and I love this. He said, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. See, we are getting derailed and frustrated because someone is telling you, you know that whole, that whole Jesus thing? It's not real, man. That whole, that whole serving God thing, it's not going to do anything for you. That whole being committed to him, you know, the giving up those things that you've experienced and those things that you've had, the, things, the life that you had, listen, it's not worth it because here's the deal, it doesn't matter. And we need to start getting bold enough to say, you know what, I don't care about what was, I don't care about that experience, I don't care about that moment because at the end of the day, I know a man who gave me vision like I've never had. I know a man who's given me purpose like I've never had. I know a man who's shown me love like I've never had and understood, and his name was Jesus. We need to start getting comfortable with that statement. This blind man, he had no problem saying it. You know why? Because all of a sudden, that position that he had been in, it was radically changed by that sinner, as the Pharisees were telling him. We have to start understanding that every position that we are placed in, although it may be uncomfortable, although it may be hard, although it may be nothing of our doing, it is being allowed to fulfill the purposes of the Father, of the Father. When we stop focusing on our own issues, right, when we stop focusing on what's two inches in front of us, and start recognizing the positioning that God has placed us in, we will become effective in it. But as long as we stay frustrated in it, it's going to be hard to move forward. Now, I, wanna, I, I gotta throw out my, my disclaimer. I always tell you Bethany is the claws queen. She always makes sure I got my clauses out there. I'm not talking about, hey, um, listen man, here's the deal. Um, God's got me addicted to this substance so that I can reach people, man. That's not what I'm talking about, right? That's not, that's not God positioning you, right? God positioning you isn't, okay, well, you know, God, God has me, um, I'm doing this sin because ideally, you know, I'm going I'm to win people to Jesus through my sin. No, okay, let's get that right. That's, there's my clause for that. Um, but, um, you know, that's not, a, that's not a proposed position. That's just continually sinning um, and making excuses for sin. Turn with me to Acts chapter 17. Because I want, I want you to understand that not only is there a purpose in your positioning, but God knows and he has a plan for you to walk into, okay? He has these things uh, designed. He, he has placed us in, in positions and in places with a purpose. Acts 17, we're going to read verses 24 through 28. It says this. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. 
nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. Now hone in here. Having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. I want you to see what it says halfway through 26 and into 27. It says, having determined allotted periods, right time, and the boundaries of their dwelling place, right place, right time, right place. See, the sooner that we can realize that our moment isn't necessarily our destiny, we can begin to move through the moment. Not just move through it, but we can, we can find opportunities to honor the Father in these moments, right? Leverage the purposed positioning that God has in your life. This, this week, um, Bethany and I have just been floored, and, and I'll talk a little bit about it later, but some really close friends of ours had their house burned down this week. And it is, it is a, just a horrific situation. Everyone is safe. The family is safe. But it's, it's, it's not a good position, right? It's not a good position for your house to be burned down. It's not a good position to recognize that everything that you've owned is gone. The shirt on your back is the only thing that you have. That is not a good position to be in. But as we sat with them and we talked with them, they began pouring out and they began saying, we know that God is about to do something insane here, right? And by all standards, the position that they're in, listen, a lot of people would not be angry at them for kicking the ground, (laughs) cursing some stuff, spitting in the goldfish bowl, right? (laughs) They wouldn't be losing their mind. They'd be like, you're angry. I get it, right? But they are recognizing that in their positioning, there is purpose. And we have to begin looking at every moment and recognizing that it's a moment. It is not our destiny. And the more we start to recognize that in our lives and we start looking at the things that, listen, God has purposed everything, everything that we've encountered. And I'm not saying that those moments aren't monumental, okay? (laughs) There are some moments that will seem like there's no way that you can get past them. But if we recognize what the word says and we know that he works all things to the good, right? all things to the good for those who love them, then we need to start recognizing that there's a lot of times that he has us in, a, in, in purposed positioning. He is placing us there for a reason. And when we can become effective in those reasons, I believe we can see God glorified to a whole new magnitude than we've ever experienced. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we get ready to close. As we get ready to close, I, I want to read... I want to read a passage for you out of Psalms. Psalms 16. I want to read verses 5 through 11. It says this, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. 
you hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places indeed. I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. See, some of you cannot begin to even understand your destiny because you are so focused on your moment. You are so consumed by it. You are consumed by the guilt of it. You are consumed by the pain of it. You are consumed because you haven't been able to look past the moment. And you look a little bit like Granny Faye, <laughs> right? Losing your mind because of And I'm not telling you that there are not times that you need to lose your mind about a moment, okay? But you can't stay in that chair and keep that moment right in front of your face, you got to eventually rip that thing off your face and see what the heck's really going on, right? We are no different than that. But the longer we stay stuck in the moment, the longer we stay stuck in the moment, the harder it's going to be to be effective in what God is trying to do in your life. Kristen, if you would go ahead and start playing that song as we get ready to close. I, tonight, I want, I want to open these altars up. And I want you to encourage to seek out a few things, okay? Some of you may be in a moment right now that just doesn't make sense. <laughs> you may be standing in this church and saying this doesn't make sense. <laughs> but I want you to ask this question tonight. And I, I want to open this altar up that you could come pray to God. I want you to think about, God, why have you positioned me here for this moment? Why am I encountering this? Why am I feeling this? Why am I dealing with this? Why am I being exposed to this? I want you to seek him in that. And I want you to, I want you to seek out, God, what is the destiny that you have called me into? What does that look like? What should I be focused on? What should I be getting consumed in? What should I lock my eyes into? And if you're stuck in a moment, listen, I want you to pray that God would help you to get past your moment and that you would begin to walk into the purposes of what God has for your life.